Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and someone that has been kicked out of a taping of When Ben Signs Money. Today's guest is a longtime journalist and radio host who's spilling his own juicy cup of tea as host of Vulture's new hit culture podcast, Into It. Let's give a big juicy welcome to Sam Sanders. Hi, Sam. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm so happy to have this chat with you. I'm so happy yeah, to officially meet you after just know, like knowing of you through the internet for years and what Sam. you've been doing. Uh, Sam. Just, just two, two ladies on the internet doing what we do. That's right. <laughs> two ladies. And, and, and my two loud dogs behind me, they have been my work from home companions now for a while, but I do this thing where I'm like always afraid to cut their nails. Mm-hmm. So they just always <laughs> clip, clip, clap, clap, clip, clap, clip, yeah. clap. You will hear them. That's perfectly fine. Okay. I mean, honestly, I, that would scare the fuck out of me is having to clip oh, anyone's man. nails. That isn't me. Because <laughs> it can bleed. Well, and then they're like, oh, take it to a groomer and the groomer can do it. And I'm like, I don't trust the groomer. I, this, yeah. is, these are, this is my baby. You can't do that. Don't touch her. I don't trust myself. You don't want to trust other people. Exactly. That's not how that works. Exactly. <laughs> We're not doing that. That's not how it works. Yeah. I don't even trust myself to come. I go, I get manicures. I don't Same. even do it myself Same. anymore. I need a trained professional. I have a really good place back in Texas. So I mm-hmm. am in LA, but during pandemic, I spent a good six months back home in San Antonio. And one of my little weekly treats to myself was to go get a pedicure from really like one of the best places I've ever had one in my life. And okay. I've been gone because I moved back to LA, but I was back in Texas last week to see family yeah. there for a conference. And I walk in and the lady was like, Long time no see. And I almost <laughs> cried. I was like, oh my God, my feet are memorable. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know, but oh, thank you. It's 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 usually both. I've been going yeah. to say, I've been going to a new place recently because they have like it's it's a place in LA that does manicures and pedicures for under 60 bucks. Oh, that's good. Uh, Where is it? Which um I'm gonna give them a shout out. It's Pampered Nails on Melrose that I've, I've I been there. They're always packed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they the wait time is only 10 minutes max. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, I got the recommendation from Dulce Sloan and I've been going there regularly since, and it's been, I'm in and out of there in probably 30 minutes. Okay. And it's always perfect and pristine. And I love them. Yeah. Is that situation where there's two women working at you at the same oh. time, one doing a manicure, one doing, oh. opulence. Oh, I am. Listen, king of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, so you grew up in San Antonio. I did. So I grew up around San Antonio. So I was born in New Braunfels and uh-huh. I spent. Probably my first 10 or 11 years in this town called Seguin, Texas. S-E-G-U-I-N. Seguin. Seguin. It is about okay. half an hour outside of San Antonio, named after Juan Seguin. Mm-hmm. He was 
a big deal in Texas's history. I forget. Um, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I lived in the suburb of San Antonio during middle okay. school and high school. Then I went to college in San Antonio and my family is still there now. And so I was just okay. in San Antonio last week visiting them. But yeah, San Antonio and South Texas is home. So what I've never, I th I've been to El Paso is probably my most, like what culturally wise, what would you say South Texas is like? South Texas, so I can only speak for San Antonio. Yeah. Like San Antonio is actually a big city. It's like over a million people in the city. Yeah. It's really sprawled out and it's actually pretty diverse. It's about two thirds a Latino. And when I was a kid, there were like five military bases in the city. So it was a yeah. bunch of folks just from everywhere. So I got this experience in South Texas and San Antonio where like I was around a lot of different kinds of people all the time because yeah. my high school was like near a military base. And I always saw people of color in power because the city was like two thirds Latino. Yeah. And I don't ever think I realized what other people thought of Texas until I left Texas because like my version of Texas was like, oh, it was really cool, bustling, yeah. fun city. That's maybe a bit, like a bit sleepy, but like it's it's not what you think of when you think of Texas. And then I leave and folks are like, are you from Texas? Where's your horse? And it's like, no, bro. Like that's not what I was doing. <laughs> Look, the, you know? the way if people yeah. tend to judge a whole space. Uh, I know this yes. being from an African country. Uh, people uh, tend to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People tend to be like, oh, you all live in the middle of fuck off nowhere and have no way to get around. I'm like, I, we have cars, we have cities. Yeah. We're one of those civilizations, but. Oh yeah. And it's like the ones who want to like call out a place like Texas or call out Africa. I'm yeah. like, have you looked around your environs, my friend? <laughs> Like Californians can't tell anybody anything. What hey, are y'all doing out here? What are we doing out here? What is California? Here's the thing. There's LA and, and San Francisco, but if you've not been to San Bruno, then you cannot say Listen, that California is no different than yeah. any other state. Go to Sacramento, baby. Get out there. Go to Fresno. Go to Stockton. Get out I in it. I grew up in Fresno for seven Stop. years. Stop. So you know. Oh, I know. You know. I know the belly of the beast in every shape or form. Uh, it's... The, the rednecks are in every state and in yes. every, and you, you can find them. Yeah. You can find them. And even in California, every election, one out of three votes recorded are Republican votes in California. Yes. It's, yes. listen, everything contains multitudes. Yes. We have uh, fortunately found a way to make sure those votes uh, don't, aren't the majority. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they burn those but votes. But I do. I, I definitely, I think I was going to Texas as an adult. I learned that there's a lot more diversity than I expected it to be. And also a lot more, uh, like I went to Houston and it was like the densest population of black people in the entire country is in Houston, Texas. So it's not a reflection. A, a whole state is never a reflection of everything within it. Exactly. <laughs> as I tell people all the time, Texas gave us George W. Bush and Beyonce. Yeah. Yes. It contains multitudes. And how would you best describe uh, gossip in Texas, especially in San Antonio? It's delicious. It? It's delicious. It well, there's church like, gossip? So I grew up, you know, my father's from West Texas. My mother mm -hmm. was an Alabama church girl. I was raised in the Pentecostal Apostolic Church. So there was oh, wow. this lovely convergence of like sweet Texas, bless your heart gossip mm -hmm. and lovely passive aggressive church folk gossip. Uh. So, I mean, I was from a young age- fluent in the language of gossip and loved it so. <laughs> I loved it so. There's certain kids, uh, the ones that we're called, that are called old souls are usually the ones that are like, I just want to sit around and listen to adults. Oh yeah. Just ask uh, leading questions when adults start talking. Oh yeah. Well, and, and like, it's so beautiful to watch people who are performing church manners or mm -hmm. performing Texas manners do the passive aggressive turn because there's always a moment when you can tell and usually it's like they're saying mm -hmm. hi to the person. And yeah. as soon as the person's like out of earshot, the head cocked to the side, 
the <laughs> eyes kind of gleam and they're like, you know her mm. daughter's a hoe. And you're like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, you're crazy. But like, you know her and husband haven't spoken to each other for three years. Exactly, right? exactly. Like, what? And that wind up to the thing, it's beautiful. <laughs> Cinema, every time. Cinema. And also, I love that it's almost like this, but you didn't hear that from me. Exactly. Right? It's like, no, I you keep that. did hear it from you <laughs> is the thing. So there's that. School-wise, like, was there a click sort of situation or did you kind of fall into every category or? I was a band nerd. And so I was very oh. much like in that world. Mm. I was a drum major in marching band. I was band president. I did symphonic band and jazz band. It was like my whole life. And so that is just like this really weird circle of like gossipy, geeky, sex crazed teenagers. Incestual, Uh, I'm uh, assuming. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God. Listen, band kids are the freakiest kids in high school. And no one wants to talk about that. No one wants to talk about that. I think there was a movie that mentioned it, American Pie. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I think I think we've learned over time is that uh, the nerds had a whole uh, mm-hmm. a whole party system that they were able to get away with. So therefore, yeah. no one no one questioned them. Like yeah. I got away with stuff for being a nerd. Oh, totally. We all were ducks. You know how like when you see a duck on top of the water, it looks so peaceful yeah. and quaint, and it's just floating. But as soon as you look underwater, the legs going like paddling, 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 paddling. That's nerds, and the legs are like. Genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any crazy? Do you remember any any like stories from that time at all? Like any crazy gossip that you? It was always just like, into? who's gay? They might be gay. I think they're yeah. gay. Are they gay? And then lo and behold, they all were gay. They yeah, all were gay, I've- including <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> I also uh, was in that category, and yeah. I turned out surprisingly straight. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, they were also very right. They, yeah. they they figured me out very quickly. Yeah. Well, and like it was always gay people trying to distract you from yeah. seeing their gayness by questioning if someone else was gay and they were also gay. And it's like, we're, we could all just have been gay. And oh. I regret spending so much time gossiping about potential homosexuality instead of just like. Participating yeah. in actual homosexuality. <laughs> I've, I've, I realized that a lot of the kids that came out, because I came out when I was 18, but I realized, a lot of the kids that came out younger they were the ones they were, hooking yeah. up. They were getting younger. it in. They were getting it in. They were getting it in. Yeah. With the closeted kids. But you know what? The closeted kids want to find the one kid that's out, mm-hmm. make fun of them. And then secretly just. Secretly hook up with. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, those were the days. Simple times. Those, those I mean, were the days. <laughs> there, was, there was a level of like intrigue, charm, and drama. Mm-hmm. And now you just go on these apps and you see a dick or a butt and say, okay. <laughs> I'm here. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there. You, I used to just walk in. Like there, I knew there was like a hookup uh, park, and the way I would just oh, wa- yeah. casually walk around this hookup mm-hmm. park in Seattle, seeing nothing, hoping for something. But yes, <laughs> that like angst. It was all Victorian almost. You know. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did you work during school, or was that? Oh just- yeah, one of the families in our church. Yes, they were really cool with our family, and I think. The mother and the family like wanted me to end up with one of her daughters. Um, and so they were just always nice to me. And they owned like three McDonald's in the San Antonio area. And they always were like, come work at the McDonald's whenever you're ready. Get your first little job. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that yet. I'm like young. When I turned 14, yeah. they were like, we can get you a like a family hardship farm thing. Like the same thing they give to like farmers to get the yeah. kids to come harvest in so the fall younger, if they're yeah. too young. We could do that for you. And I was like, okay. So I had a job at McDonald's (laughs) 
when I was 14 and I worked there for like two summers during high school. And then I worked at this Southern Texas barbecue chain called Bill Miller barbecue my last two years of high school. So I was working from the start and I liked it. I liked having a little spending uh, money. I would go cash uh, my little paychecks and then go buy a bunch of CDs at Sam Goody and not save a thing. I, I'm going to tell you right now, my first job, uh-huh. McDonald's. As well. <laughs> Isn't that a great job? You learn so much about the world and customer service and people. It makes you a lot better at just dealing with all kinds of people. You're being a lot kinder to the McDonald's Corporation than I am <laughs> willing to be. How I was your job? Com- you didn't like it? <laughs> I hated it with my whole heart. Well, you know what it is? I, I, in hindsight, they had to be nice to me because I was yeah, like a friend oh, of the yes. owner. See, I was, I was, uh, I was in Seattle and I was one of the, like, they truly, they could have cared less about my existence. Aww. And uh, we, I also worked with, did you ever have a playhouse? Oh, we didn't do that shit. That's nasty. Yeah. That's um, nasty. We had one of those. Did to clean it out? It is, at least three kids a day would vomit in that damn playhouse. Yeah. And you, and in the like, balls. Yes. Like the first time you get, you get told to do it, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I guess this is my life. And then about the 10th time you're told to do it, you're like, I'm never <laughs> going to do that ever again. <laughs> so I remember it was like the 10th time I was told to clean up puke. And I was like, yeah, this isn't my life. I was getting paid. Four dollars an hour. What year was that? No, sorry, three twenty-five an what hour. What year was that? Don't worry about how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> Don't concern Listen, yourself working with my at McDonald's age. during the depression. Jesus. What yes, year? I, I was. It was the nineties. I think it was three twenty-five an hour. Was the uh, federal? I think it was bumped up to four twenty-five. Like See, when, when I, was I started, at, it was five fifteen. Oh, look at Miss Fancy here. (laughs) Rich. Listen, listen, abundance. (laughs) Well, oh, security. You know what? When they say no, they don't like, that's why I don't want them to raise the money anymore. (laughs) Uh uh Keep the minimum wage lower. Honestly, it's a, no, no, I hated it. Tell me about the balls though. And cleaning the balls of the vomit. Was there a hose? How did you do it? You would like, also there's literally an ice cream truck coming by right now. Can you hear it? (laughs) I can barely hear it. But if you, it's fine. I swear he's he's selling drugs. I swear that man's selling drugs. Because most he is nights, selling drugs. most nights he comes by at like eight p.m. and I'm like, bro, who? Sam, is this for? I, I I live in, in a part of L.A. Their ice cream got ice cream person would be coming around year round every single day. If they weren't selling drugs, I'm like, what are you doing what with your time? Because the are ice cream doing? sucks. Let me just order Jenny's. You know, like I can do good ice cream. <laughs> Anywho, I'm, cleaning the I'm balls. In full, so it's a great front. Yes. It gets them around. Yes. And I, I respect it. And we stand. An LA tradition. Yes. Entrepreneurs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now back to cleaning the balls in the ball pit. I want to know how it works. I do remember um, it just being disgusting. And I think one kid puked like a full grown adult amount of vomit. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. This isn't for me anymore. And it's, uh, it was, yeah, I was very happy to quit that job. Then I moved right over to Subway. Uh, oh, you really know how fresh. to pick them. You know how to pick them. <laughs> Did you get, so <laughs> what happened to this girl that you were betrothed to the McDonald's heiress? <laughs> oh, we're, we haven't talked in years. She's married. She got kids. She figured oh, it out. Oh, good for her. She's good. I'm Hi, glad. Veronica. She's wonderful. We were... Thick as thieves, you know, back in the day, but she needed mm-hmm. a, a straight man and bless her. She found one. I'm proud of her. I'm, I'm glad that was figured out. <laughs> Listen, all of the, all of the straight women in my life as a youth, they've all gone on to find straight men and I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, did you actually date? We didn't date. We were friends. I think everyone was like, y'all going to date. Okay. It's like, we're not dating. No. Yeah. I didn't date anyone. 
at all. I, I had girlfriends. Oh, see, I didn't. Yeah. I, I I couldn't. I couldn't commit to the bit that hard. I committed to the bit. I learned my lines, I, baby. I was trying <laughs> to get an Academy Award nomination. Okay. Yeah. I was, I wanted to be a featured extra at best. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was, I think one time I went on a date with a girl. I went, well, no, I didn't go on a date. We went to Denny's together to study and everybody said we were boyfriend, girlfriend. And I was like, the oh. next day I was like, we're going to have to put it into that story. Wow. <laughs> next day. You couldn't even let it circulate for a few days. No. Wow. Terrible actor. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. So college is where you, it was in San Antonio. Then you went to Harvard, right? Yeah. I got my master's degree at the Harvard Kennedy School. Okay. Um, that was two years of enduring Boston racism, cold weather, and yeah. over drinking. What is like the culture shock? Like, what did you like? How did you how did you fit into things? Like, so the first culture shock is like when you grow up in Texas and you're raised in Texas. The kind of rule yeah. is if you're walking around in the grocery store or pumping gas or whatever, and you make eye contact with anybody, you like nod and say hi. That's what you do. Like, so like if we're in Texas and we're walking through the mall and your eyes just happen to meet mine, what you do is like, oh, hi. And then the other person goes, hi. Then you keep yeah. walking. You don't do that in Boston. And if you do that in Boston, you get looks like you're crazy. So I had to very quickly disabuse myself of that habit. <laughs> it was bad. Because I'd, be, I'd be like, how y'all doing? Hi, how you doing? And they were like, who is this? Who is this disturbed black man? <laughs> walking down the street. So that was the first thing. And the second thing that was weird is like, I had never really been in snow. And so I remember when the first big snow happened, yeah. I was like, well, let me bundle up. And I think the only version of snow that I had in my mind was like TV snow, which is fake snow and, and TV snow and movie snow. It just like kind of falls off of you. Just a powder. Yeah. And I had to walk a mile to class from my apartment. That was my mm. walk. And by the time I got to class, I was wet and my clothes had gotten soaked and I hadn't worn a hat because in my mind, the snow just falls off of you. And the realization that snow <laughs> would melt on your body made me viscerally angry. I also felt so stupid. And I was like, oh my God, you idiot. Why'd they let you in? Why'd they let you in? You dumb fuck. You don't know that snow melts on the body. Yeah, the racism is, uh, I've, I've, I feel like there's a certain kind of brand of racism there. It's I would have voted for Obama three times racism. Yeah, I'm nice to one black person, so therefore I don't have to yeah. be nice to any other black person yeah. <laughs> yeah. ever. Can I tell you my favorite Boston racist story? Yes, please do. It just shows how much they don't even know how racist they are. So like yeah. there was this bar not too far from campus that would have little dance parties on like Thursdays or Fridays. And I would go when I was a student there. And then when I was older and out of school and a working journalist. One of the journalism conferences was in Boston one year. And me and some colleagues and friends, I was like, we should go back to this bar that I used to go to all the time. They're having like an 80s dance night. I think we would love yeah. that. We get to the 80s dance night. They're playing like a lot of like hair rock, hair metal. And that's fine, you know. But yeah. eventually we're all we're like, let's hear some other shit. Let's go ask for Janet. So we had the hottest girl in our group go to the DJ and be like, can I hear some yes. Janet? And he's like, <laughs> no. And then we have the second hottest girl in our group go to the DJ and be like, can we hear some Janet? And he's like, no. <laughs> and then we all just make our way. I'm like, can we hear Janet? And finally I go. And I was like, bro, it's 80s night. You can't talk about the 80s and not talk about Janet Jackson. Can we hear some Janet yeah. Jackson? And he Takes his, he puts his headphones down. He looks at me really earnestly and was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You didn't know. This is, this is white 80s night, not black 80s night. Oh. 
And then we left. And he thought nothing of it. He was just like, well, that's the way of the world. Separate but equal, you know? Yeah, you know, the white 80s. Like, first of all, Janet Jackson was an integral part of the white 80s. Listen, Black Cat was for the whites. Okay? First of all, white music don't exist without black music. So that's also... (laughs) That part. We're always the part of your 80s. Uh, (laughs) That's... Wild, but what like a, what a wild thing to say. Well, just like that level of like obliviousness. Yes. Anyway, I survived. I got the fuck out from school. Where'd you move to? I went like, to DC, and I was in DC for gosh, like yeah, three or four years. The 2016, election, yeah. Right? I, I covered Bernie, and then Hillary, and then Trump, and then I stuck mm-hmm. around DC to launch a show for NPR called "It's Been a Minute." And yeah. once that was launched, I moved back to LA, and I've stayed in LA. Yeah. Uh, since I've left NPR, but so now LA kind of just feels like home. There was a time in my twenties where I would have told you I'll never leave DC. DC, it's sort of um, because it's a the densest population of Ethiopians outside of I Ethiopia, know. and I'd be eating the food up there, and it's like all good. Like you're not gonna like it's it's, it's all good. so good. But the, the two thousand covering the two thousand sixteen election, that sounds like a fucking wild time. It was wild, but you know what was crazy? Yeah. It was like it was incredibly wild, incredibly toxic. But all of us on the trail yeah. were like. It's going to be okay. He's not going to win. And so you could kind of just be like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'll never forget. I was hosting the NPR politics podcast Mm -hmm. and it was the day that literally the KKK or the leader of the KKK endorsed Donald Trump. And because I was hosting, I had to read the copy being like breaking news. And in hindsight, that should have been a big moment of like, let's pause. Let's stop. Let's reflect. But I remember- reading that and then moving to the next topic, which was like some meme. And it's like, we should have, uh, maybe. <laughs> but like, it was all, I'm not gonna say fun and games. We were taking the job seriously, but we thought the nasty of it would win once the election was over and we were wrong. Yeah. And so once he won, and even once you started to see that he might win, I think a lot of folks were like, and for me, after he won, I was just like, I don't think I need to do this anymore. I don't know that I can do that kind of work. And I don't know if I can talk about this man in a way that feels objective or neutral. And I don't know how I can cover political news in a way that is not just me screaming like, we're fucked, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I, I feel like when it comes to times of like national turmoil, unbiased voices in journalism might be necessary. They're necessary, but I didn't have the fortitude to be that guy. And so that was yeah. a lot of the reason why I shifted to, you know, other things. Um, yeah. I enjoyed covering politics. Doing it gives you a certain metabolism and skill set and muscle memory that, like, lets yeah. you be able to talk about anything. Because the one thing you learn when you're covering politics is just, like, you really can't get it wrong. Like, you can't get the facts no. of the case wrong. It's so fraught. It's so sensitive. People will chew you a new one. And consumers yeah. of political news actually know their shit and will call you out if you don't get it right. And so once you go through that grinder for a few years <laughs> and you just you just know, like, that kind of diligence, vigilance carries into to everything else. So, like, now I host a fun pop culture show where we, like— yeah talk about memes and internet shit, we fact check the memes. You know, we fa- like we are like that rigor is just yeah, like beat into you. And I think it's a good skill to have. Oh yeah. No, I've, I've now, I'm now in a world of where I, everything I talk about is uh, not as serious. Uh, Cause I used to be very political, political focused, especially with my comedy. And now I'm like, 
we're just going to gossip about life. Yes, <laughs> feels better that way. Well, it's also like, what it's, new can I add to a conversation at this point about Donald Trump? Oh, Nothing no. more needs to be said. I'm still just as informed. I just, uh, I just like, I'm not going to say anything out loud so I don't lose my exactly. Mind. <laughs> well, it's also like, do I have something to add? And at this point, exactly. hearing me talk about politics, I'm not adding anything. I'm just like your oh. old uncle on the front porch who won't shut up, just <laughs> talking about how we're all doomed. You know, you don't want you don't want that from me. Jeez, we should throw rocks at all of them. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm like, bring back public stones is what I'm enough with. I'm like, let me let me go rest and <laughs> put my shoes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Okay, Sam, it is time to read a couple of the juicy submissions we get from our listeners. It it's mailbag time. I'm going to read them and we're going to give them a rating. We rate it either dry, moist, or fully juiced. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most positive connotation? Uh, fully juiced being something salacious oh, okay. uh, and enjoyable and delectable. Moist being somewhere in the middle. Dry. Can we call it like fully juiced as a WAP? Look, I would <laughs> okay. if I was legally allowed to. Okay. okay. <laughs> so fully juiced um, and then moist and then dry. dry. Chicken breast. Chicken breast. The way they don't understand that the dark meat is a better meat, uh, I truly, every time it blows my mind. Yes, (laughs) and it's a metaphor. In every circumstance, the dark meat is better. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's the first piece. Here's the first tale. Uh, I have a story about how gossip can change as it passes through the community. So the original true story is all public record. The principal of a local high school and two other staff members attacked a former staff member at the homecoming football game. Wait, wait, stop. <laughs> Staffers attacked another staffer at the high school football game. The principal. Game. The principal. Yeah, pr- the principal and two other staff members attacked a former staff member at the homecoming football game. Questions for that former staffer. Why did you roll up? Seems like you should have known that the block was hot, my dog. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes you want to test. Sometimes you want to test people. Sometimes you want to show up and show up uh-huh, and get your ass whooped. Uh-huh. And that's something. That's something you can do. That's something you can do. That is, that is an option you have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's like tons of witnesses, police on site, homecoming queen, drunk vomiting, steps away. Um, but no one is arrested in the moment. But later there is a warrant out for the principal's arrest. And she's asked to turn she, herself into the police. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because she did not turn herself in, the news reported she was on the lam and anyone that sees her should snitch. She wasn't going to uh, school being a principal every day? I don't know. She just she didn't turn herself in. Oh my God. <laughs> After several hours with this running on the news cycle, she does turn herself in and not much else happens. We, the staff of the school, this is my staff member of the school. Okay. We, the staff of the school, rally in her absence to finish the school year and we never really know where she ends up. We just know she wasn't fired. She wasn't fired. Paid leave or unpaid leave? That's the big question I have. I wish I could ask more questions when I... (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward several years, I'm now teaching at a different school. A student says, wait, you used to work at that school, the one where the principal killed a kid. Well, I went there and she was my middle school math teacher. This 15-year-old believed an adult could murder a student, be arrested for that crime, and then allowed back into the classroom to teach math. I bet she had zero kids acting up in class. Listen, <laughs> I mean, wow. she solved her discipline problem. Yeah, that's the one who killed somebody. Yeah. Don't talk in her class. Yeah, you should be good. <sighs> you should be good. She'd, mur- she'd be murdered. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. I don't. First of all, it, it, it is very juicy, very moist, very dark meat. Yeah. For yeah. one. But two, what is, where is this school? I want to, I, I want to Here's the thing it. is, is that sh- they, they're in their telling of their story. They, they were like, Hey, this is how gossip evolves. I'm like, I love that very much. So, but the original story uh, has so much details missing from it yeah. <laughs> that I want. Like, why did they roll up on that one former s- staff member? <laughs> what happened? What was there? the beef? What was the beef? Uh, what were they popping off about? I need. Yeah. So yeah, this is a great, yeah, but this is a great piece. I think it's fully juiced, but if you want to give me uh, any background uh, to the original story, I will it's happily fully take juiced. it. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what started this whole beef. I want to know what school district allows that kind of educator to just stay in the system. And I also want to know what the strategy is not telling the rest (laughs) of the school what happened to the principal. They were just disappeared. They just, well, they would, they turned themselves in eventually, but they still got to work afterwards. That's wild. That's wild. School sounds this fun is, though. I, like always something to yeah. watch, you know? I want to go there. My lady principal went and beat up another staff. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a great story. Um, okay, the, all right, we have another, okay. we have another, okay. we have another. Uh, <clears throat> this happened at a Baptist church in my hometown, Oklahoma. Okay. I won't say where, but it's a small town, 7,000 people, one public school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Baptist church was the biggest church in town by far. And in my opinion, pretty obnoxious. Every year they would put up 40 fake gravestones to represent the millions of children that had been aborted throughout history. Oh, see, you're going to do a go big. Just 40? <laughs> Just 40? 40? Fuck that. Do the 40 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, my dad's friend had two daughters, both in their 40s. They were both married to people that also went to the same church. Uh, one of them was getting mar- marriage counseling from the preacher while also sleeping with him. That tracks. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> The other sister was cheating on her husband with the church's musical director. And the musical director wasn't gay? Because that's how it usually goes. I, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, like, look, the, the preacher and the musical director? They're oh, usually fucking. Not, <laughs> that's a story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, somehow, all this information came out and the preacher who had been banging one of the daughters decided to go to my dad's friend's house and apologize. Uh, my dad's friend opens the door and clocks him. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people felt sorry for the feature because the devil have made its way inside the church and it wasn't his fault. Wow. Oh, that's the whole story. Stop going to that church. Wow. Stop going to that church. I'm going to start going to that church. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have to ask, I have to ask, what's the black church yeah. or a white church? It's a small town in Oklahoma. Probably a white church. So it has to be a white church. If there's a small town in Oklahoma that's mostly black, I'm sure they're, <laughs> yeah. none of their business is getting out. Yeah. yeah. I think. <laughs> to the point that we don't even know they exist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think like a lot of straight people need to break the bonds of religion so they can just like understand the abundance of opportunity that exists in people's sexual lives. Yeah, I know. But also, do I want straight people to have happier lives? I don't, honestly. Uh, (laughs) Because then I wouldn't get stories like this and feed the need of me to hear hear this tales of chaos. Well, see, I was Uh, waiting for in that story for you to talk about how someone paid for someone's like back alley abortion. I was waiting for that. Yeah. And that's probably happened, too. I think that's yeah. I can't imagine it. I think because these are older people involved. No pregnancy occurred. Okay. But like in the church itself, I wouldn't doubt that there's like yeah. a history of secret abortion. Mm-hmm. But also, you know what? The friend's dad that 
punch the preacher? Yeah. I respect that. I respect it too. I respect that. Yes. Why not? Sometimes at church you lay hands. Sometimes at church you throw hands. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a moist rating for me. Like I've heard of like a lot of tales uh, of like church mishappening. So uh, this one's on the moist level for me. This is not fully, fully, fully wet because I would have loved yeah. to have like a confrontation during Sunday service. Yes. That's what I yes. want. That's what I want. Yes. Yeah. And if like if somebody like punched a car or keyed a car oh, or anything yeah. along the any sort of damaged property situation, we need I'm that. right in there. Yes. But I feel like if like this is this is everything that leads up to those moments. We, the story might not even be done yet. This might be yeah. if there's a follow-up, send us a follow-up. We want to know. Please, I'm always open to follow-ups. Also, if you are just familiar with the story, and also if you can come up with a lie that I would enjoy. I don't not this is this is not here. <laughs> this is gossip. We accept I'm not here lies. For truth. <laughs> we accept exaggerations lies. are allowed here on the juice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. And that's the mailbag. Thank you all so, so much for sending in your mail. Reading your submissions is truly and honestly going to be the best part of my week forever. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, We'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to The Juice. I'm here with Sam Sanders. Uh, All right, Sam. Now's the time in our show when we go to the phone. We call it The Juice Line. And I'm hearing from our board operator that today's caller is Jamie. Uh, let's patch her in. Thank you. Oh, it's a caller. Mm-hmm. It's a caller. They're going to come in. With their so tail. we can ask follow-up questions. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. okay. We'll get answers. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> we can use our journalist's abilities uh-huh. here. Hello. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Jamie, I know you have a story for us, and we are buckled in and ready to hear every detail. Tell us. I do have quite the tale and I work in marketing. So like, I was like, I got to sell them on it before it even starts. So if I had to give you like a little <laughs> I love selling point on this story, yes. it's, <laughs> you've got mail if it happened in real life. So yes. let's just say Tom Hanks does not show up in the end with the dog in the park. It's not happy. It's <laughs> Okay. Humiliating. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm sold. I love a tagline. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> So my aunt Hannah got married pretty young. Um, I think she was like 18 and she married my uncle Kurt Kyle. 
Sorry, I'm trying to make different names. I almost it's slipped up there. It's all good. It's all good. My uncle Kyle Go and Kyle. my Aunt Hannah <laughs> got married, and then they had my two cousins, and they had like kind of a tumultuous relationship. It wasn't great. So mm-hmm. around the time my cousins were in high school, junior high, they got divorced. Um, and so instead of like really separating from my uncle, she moved out of the house they lived in to a house on the same street. Ooh. So there was like three houses on the street. She was on one end, he was on the other. Uh-huh. And then his parents lived in the middle. Like oh, in the middle house. <laughs> oh, why would <laughs> so they like, do that? I don't know. She's Chaos. crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think for the cousins, but like it was bizarre. This is just yeah. lay the groundwork on like it's just a weird setup. I think like I'm my mom was younger than her, so like I was much younger than my cousins. And like growing up, I it wasn't until I was like a mid like teenager that I was like, oh, they're not my grandparents, and that's not actually my uncle. We're just like in and out of their houses when we come to visit. It's bizarre. Wow. What? So, okay. <laughs> what state is weird. this in? Which state? Uh, New Mexico. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, that kind of what? very close Latino That's family. Nice. They didn't really get along, so it's not like they had this great friendship. It was just bizarre. Yeah. So in the early 2000s, several years after they've been divorced, my uncle Kyle starts dating this woman named Hannah E. And so it's just kind of weird because my aunt's name was Hannah. This is Hannah E. Oh. They look a lot alike. Oh. They act a lot alike. <laughs> like, it's just, it's weird. Yeah, that's weird. weird. Yeah, that's weird. It um, is. Yeah. And Hannah E decides she is going to be my aunt's best friend. Like she forces like a friendship on my aunt Hannah. And my aunt Hannah is just kind of like really gullible, obviously. Why didn't Hannah, why didn't Hannah allow it? And Hannah should have been like, I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. I think partially maybe she thought it was fun to fuck with my uncle and be best friends with his new girlfriend. And also she, Hannah E was like very, I don't know. She loved to party and my aunt loved to party. So she was just kind of like, yeah, let's Hannah's let's, love mess. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They love it. They love it. They love it. So they, they become BFFs. And then Hannah E's like, listen, I have this friend who I've been friends with since we were children. He's amazing. I want to hook you up with him. He is in Iraq right now. So this was early 2000s and he's an army doctor. He's like a medical doctor in Iraq. So I'm going to set you up with him because he's like incredible. So my aunt starts emailing this army doctor and like falls head over heels. Smells like a catfish dinner. Smells like a catfish dinner. Deep fried. (laughs) Deep fried. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The pre-Facebook. So it's like OG. I'm giving you an OG catfish Uh story. Oh, that was back in the day. Everybody got it. Everybody didn't have a name for it then, but it was happening to us. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So she falls in love with him. This goes on for like two years, this relationship. He never had a, had a visit back home from Iraq in two years? No, 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 no. No, no. He's so busy. And his stories were always like crazy. Like I had to like amputate a leg in the middle of combat today. Like stuff like uh-huh, that. And everybody's uh-huh. just kind of like, like okay. this is fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, my Here's answer- the thing I've learned about catfish <laughs> stories is that it gets to a certain point in time where the person's telling you the story and you're just like, oh, you should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like you should know better. Yeah. Like there's one, there's like, there's like yeah. two, like two steps before they start sending money that you're like, that, that's <laughs> yeah, like that's weird. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if money was ever exchanged. I hope not, wow. but I hope not either. Wow, well, anyway, um, so yeah, goes on for like two years. Hannah E's obviously like playing it up. Yeah. She's like, he's in love with you. He's amazing. Blah blah blah. 
goes on for so long. And then at one point, like they even get engaged (laughs) over email. He emails her and is like, I've been here for like so long. I just, I want, I realize it's like, I want to be with you. Like I want to come home and like start a family with you. And my older cousin was actually getting married. So he said, I'm going to come home and be your date for this wedding. And that's where I'm going to meet you. And I'm going to propose to you in person. And so my aunt's so excited. Yeah. Side note, my cousin wore Hannah E's wedding dress from her previous marriage. Ooh, at this wedding. So, okay. All weird. Oh, the web. Weird. The web. Yes. The web is tangled. <laughs> yes. Very. <laughs> That's just a side note, but it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so he never shows. Never yeah. shows to this wedding. My aunt's waiting the whole time. And then she like loses communication with him. He stops emailing. So Hannah E, uh-huh. like weeks go by and Hannah E's like, I'm going to find out what happened. Like, I'm going to figure it out. And then she comes back. She tells my aunt, she's like, listen, I found out from our hometown. He's missing. Like, they don't know where he is. He's missing in action. So mm-hmm. for like, so for like two months, my aunt thinks her new fiance is like missing in action and dead. Oh my God. Oh my God. God, you think she would just let it go at that point, but no, he comes back like, and all of a sudden he's like, I have to tell you, like, I'm actually a black ops and I was captured and like, (laughs) no, you're not what foolishness, foolishness, Buddhist man, but also Hannah, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Do better. Hannah. So it's not that long after this, like that's very dramatic and she Mm -hmm. takes him back or whatever. Um, and I think people started being a little, little bit more honest yeah. with her. But not long after this, my uncle Kyle dumps Hannah E. And he's like, she's got to go. Yeah. And so at first, Hannah E. tried to stay really good friends with my aunt. She was like, no, we're going to be sisters, basically. Like, you're going to marry my best friend. Like, I want to stay your friend. And my aunt Hannah, I think once again, to be like, fuck you to her ex-husband. Yeah. He was like, he was like, please stop. Don't be her friend. Like, stop. Oh. And she was like, no, I'm still going to do it. Hmm. Um, and so, but then she just kind of stops talking about either Hannah E or the army doctor. And my mom finally was like, what the hell is going on? Like, you don't bring him up. You keep, yeah. you keep not talking about it. And my aunt Hannah's like, well, I decided like your uncle was right. Or like my ex-husband was right. And I should stop being her friend to respect him. And then also, I broke up with Guy because I just couldn't handle the drama anymore. It was just too stressful. Oh, for her. So for <laughs> years, that's what the story was. And then I got the real tea from my cousin. Yes! Like, <laughs> yes. That's what we want. Like real juice. She spilled the real juice. What happened was my uncle Kyle found out that Hannah E had been catfishing my aunt the whole time. Hannah E was doing that to Hannah? Yes. Yes. yes, She has been the one catfishing my aunt the whole time. Was she doing a voice? No, just emails. emails. Because he was was like in the military, so he could never like actually have a phone and like black off, Mm. whatever. And so she had been doing it because she was jealous and like, didn't like that. They like lived near each other and had this weird relationship. And so she was like, I'm just going to take her out of the picture and give her a fake boyfriend. So she won't be chasing the, Oh my uh God. Which, and then I think she's just like, it's kind of fun too. And like, just continue to fuck with her. Was this man worth all that? No, my uncle Kyle. Oh (laughs) no, he's he's a piece of shit. He, (laughs) 
So, he, he found out. He found out because he taught my other cousins, or not taught, coached the volleyball team. And one of the parents was like, "Listen, we got to tell you, like Hannah E, like your girlfriend is like telling other people that she's doing this." Oh, to really? <laughs> she was talking about it. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! That's her own damn fault. I don't know why she started telling Ooh. people, but he was uh. like, "You gotta go." But then he didn't want to have to tell my aunt because, like. How do you tell Someone's your ex-wife, tell like, hey. So that's why he kept being like, please stop being her friend. And then finally he was like, okay, I'm just going to sit you down. I'm going to tell you what happened. And like, <laughs> How'd she take the news? Um, she never will talk about it. She'll never say anything. I think she's just so humiliated. Yeah. So like my cousin was like, she won't even talk to me about it. So none of us ever talk about it. But we all know like she was catfished by her ex-husband's girlfriend for Damn two years yeah. and then i say he's a creeper because he ended up going on to marry um a girl that he taught volleyball to a year after Ooh. she graduated high school Ooh. <laughs> oh what did kyle none of this kyle. was worth it for kyle none of this new mexico no. is an episode of jerry springer my god what's <laughs> hardcore jerry springer what's happening? hardcore wow. jerry springer wow. it was wild how's, how's original hannah doing is she doing okay <sighs> Oh, she um, now has, I would call him a life partner. It's her best friend that she lives with and all her kids call him grandpa and her grandkids, but she's grossed out by him and like doesn't want to have a sexual relationship with him. So that's what she's doing now. Why? Uh, why is she with him? Well, it's, you know, sometimes we don't know. Need a partner. People she loves him. I think, yeah, he's like their grandpa and I'm like he, he's weird. real uh, and not uh, set of emails that I've she got for two years. I've seen him in person. <laughs> Many a yeah. time. Okay, so he <laughs> exists. That's a, that is a step in the he right exists. direction. Yeah, uh-huh. a step in the right direction. You know what? I, honestly, that's, that's all I can ask for for Hannah now is yeah. a, a person that is real and exists. A bird in the hand yeah. is worth three catfishes in uh, a rock. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the phrase? Is that the phrase? <laughs> it is now. Yeah. It is now. Yeah. I <laughs> said that. So, oh my god, Jamie, that is a wild. Wonderful story. I love, I love telling oh. people this story. Uh, best of luck to your aunt. Uh, worst of luck to your uncle. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah. tell, tell, well, thank you very much. Tell Aunt Hannah, it might be good for her at some point to see a mental health professional and talk about mm-hmm. what she needs and wants and does not get in her relationships. Something's going on there. Mm-hmm. Something's going on there. Yeah. There's, also, if yeah. there's any other wild stuff that's happened to her in her life, I'm happy to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> How would you how would you diagnose her situation? If you had to be like, here's what your problem is, Hannah, what would you say it is? Too much open heart and desperation. Yeah. So a lack of self-love and self-esteem. You gotta have that in this economy. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you You gotta. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I really appreciate it. That was such a delight. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you for letting me get to tell it. And the infamous wig wall is as gorgeous as I thought it was going to be. I know. I, I I live up to the tales and you, you tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> you have a hey. wonderful day. Thank you. Oh, that was, that was awesome. Wild. I was just. With all these catfish stories, there's like a moment when you should say, yeah, that's a catfish. That's, and no one yeah. never says, oh. But that's the thing that I love about it is that it keeps going after it should have ended. Yeah. It always keeps the, going. The, the moment, because I think that's one of my favorite parts about those stories is that every time you hear the story, that person's like, 
you should have figured this out. Yeah. But they keep going and you're like, you know what? Fun story. Keep going. Yeah. Sometimes you got to suspend disbelief uh, in your own life. That's right. People just uh, try to prefer delusion over reality. Mm-hmm. And I, under- I understand that. Have you ever been catfished? Uh, no, no, never. My my real life is much better than a fantasy life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is impossible. I would, like, if I don't see 10 photos of you that, that could prove who you are within. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't date somebody that's on the other side of Los Angeles, let alone oh. in another state. <laughs> I had a spate like, of long distance boyfriends and I was like, this shit's for the birds. See? They can't keep you warm at night. No, but I think I attempted once briefly and then I was like, you know what? It's stupid. Not for me. Not, Not for, for me. me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather be alone than pretend to be with somebody far away. Bam. There you go. <laughs> it's less responsibility. That was a tale. That was, that was wild. That was our show too. Oh, okay. <laughs> and on a high note, the Hannahs. And on the highest The Hannahs, yes. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming on. It was such a pleasure to finally get to it's meet so you. It's so great and- to meet you. I'm a big fan. You know, I actually saw you, this was years ago. You were hosting some queer gala. That I was in attendance at. Was it the hotel in like Beverly Hills? It might have been. I was probably wearing wearing a fancy suit. Oh, I remember that night. You were very funny. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I I tend to be funny sometimes. That was a fun night. Yeah. And I was very nervous because I was sitting with a cast of pose on my table and I couldn't, I didn't know why that happened to me because I was just like, oh, the most gorgeous people in the world. <laughs> I have to just, <laughs> as I have to perform in front of them, like it's it's like one of the things like when you do stand up, you don't want to be around hot people immediately after your set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it was great. I remember that night, loving your charisma. And I've just been a fan of your comedy for a long time. Oh, so it was you. so great to finally get to hang out with you. You as well. I'm a big fan of you as well. And it's so good to finally get yeah. to meet you. And you know what? We live in the same city. So you might be stuck seeing me again. Where in LA are you? I live in Hollywood, oh, sort of like I'm in. I shouldn't give directions to where I live. <laughs> Drop a pin in the podcast description. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll continue having a conversation. Yes. But thank you for coming. Of course, this was delightful. <laughs> this is delightful. Thank you so much. Thank you so 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 much to the incredibly insightful and very funny Sam Sanders for joining me on today's show. Be sure to check out his new podcast from Vulture, Into It where he talks down movies, TV shows, music, and memes. As always, if you want to tell your story on the juice, send them in by visiting teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Please remember to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts. Give us all those beautiful stars. Thanks for listening. And as always, have a juicy day. This has been a Team Coco production. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.